This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 55 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, October 25th, 2020. I am your host, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost. In this episode, we take a look at Ubisoft's expansion from Uplay to Ubisoft Connect. Xbox Fan Fest kicked off with a stumble. The next-gen updates to some Xbox heavy hitters are on the way, and a new Xbox app has arrived. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I want to do each and every week, I want to offer a quick word of thanks to someone who's made my gaming week better. And this week, we're talking to Angela, a.k.a. Phasma, who is so kind on Twitter, constantly offering support for XCP, being kind to me whenever possible, and who spotted me in the Xbox trivia night for Xbox Fan Fest, saying hello. Angela is a writer over at Season Gaming, always fun and cheerful in the gaming verse. Angela, thank you for your kindness, have a wonderful week yourself. And if you are a listener to this show and you like what you hear, please consider dropping a review over on iTunes. We are two away from 50, and the show is well beyond that, but I would like for the reviews to reflect that number. So if you have a moment to go to your PC, or if you're using an iDevice, drop a review over on iTunes. Indeed, it does help the show, as many content creators will tell you. That's it for me. Let's get into the news. Well, of course, plenty of talking points from this past week, and I'd like to start with discussions about Xbox Fan Fest. The digital event in 2020 has previously been a physical event since, I believe, 2015, and Fan Fest is an event where Microsoft brings some of its most passionate Xbox fans together in physical form to uh, chat and discuss and celebrate all the passion that they have for the brand. I was fortunate enough to be a guest of Fan Fest in 2019, where we got to meet the cast of Gears 5, the developer of Sea of Thieves. Uh, I got to meet Phil Spencer, meet so many other passionate Xbox fans. It's really an incredible event where you have two to two or three days worth of just playing games, meeting people that love Xbox as much as you do. And it certainly felt that that event was missing in 2020, as so many things are, of course, with uh, shelter in place and social distancing. You can't have big gatherings of people. And so Microsoft sought to, to replace that a bit with a digital event, building a website and something for fans to sign up digitally and participate in various events. And that is still ongoing. I think you can still sign up at xbox.com slash fanfest, but don't quote me on that one. There's no way for me to find that out. I couldn't at all look it up in this moment, of course. Uh, but they, the first event that was to take place was a trivia night, and they signed up 25,000 people, uh, of which I included myself. I signed up as well. I wanted to play some trivia, try to win a Series X, uh, and really just hang out with fellow Xbox fans on Saturday night. So 
we we all log in. We're excited. We see uh, Malik Prince, who has been on the show before, uh, just a few episodes ago, actually. He and his buddy Ethan, who are incredible people. Uh, you might remember them from their Mixer days. They are hosting this event. They're going to be welcoming in various guests, from Phil Spencer to Joss Stein and, and Chris Munson, and just discuss the celebration for Xbox. And uh, if we're being honest, the tech side of it, the event side of it, really proved to be a bit of a disaster. The tech failed entirely. Uh, Nobody was really able to participate in trivia. Lots of people felt frustrated and jaded. But uh, I would argue Ethan and Malik handled the, the hosting gig as well as can be expected when all the technology fails around them. It really just proved to be a bust. However, I will say I thoroughly enjoyed hearing Graham Boyd and Josh Stein and Phil Spencer talk about it, uh, reflecting on how the fact that they were well aware that things didn't go as planned, but that they stood behind the team and they were going to work to make it right for the fans. I believe everybody that was involved, uh, I'm sorry, all the fans that had signed up that were there got 5,000 Microsoft reward points, which equates to about five bucks of reward points, which is great. Discounts on the Razer Kishi are being sent out, and they are working to... uh, bring more prizes to people involved. I don't know how they'll do that. But they said, they said, and Phil Spencer himself said, that they are going to work to make it right by FanFest fans who tried to be in on that Saturday night. So if you missed the event, uh, the truth is you did not miss much uh, other than some, some good times in chat uh, when the chat was working and seeing some of the guests that were on. Uh, but I do, I do love that we had an attempt at a digital version. I do absolutely hold them accountable for the night being a bust. But to see the people involved, uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it, and I look forward to whatever it is they do to replace it or to keep bringing that forward. I know that there are still more events they want to have uh, in the future. I have just such fond memories of Xbox Fan Fest. It was the best three days of my life in 2019 um, beyond, beyond anything. I just loved being around those fans, and so to... To see that the, the digital version kicked off with such a bust it was a bummer, and I'm very curious to see what they continue to do in celebrating uh, Xbox in the lead-up to launching next-gen thus far. If you've not noticed in, in those celebrations, we've seen actual real Series X fridges be sent out to some of the, the higher-profile influencers. I know iJustine had a refrigerator, refrigerator sent to her house that looks just like a Series X and plays the Series X chime when she opens it. We can see that more and more influencers are getting their hands on various celebratory things to continue raising awareness for the Series S and X and getting people excited for it. I am excited for it. I'm hopeful that FanFest is recovered this year. I'm sure it will be on some level, but the truth is there is no supplement for being together uh, in the same room with people celebrating seeing Keanu Reeves walk on stage, celebrating the reveal of a game or or seeing something like uh, Hellblade 2 or whatnot. There's just no substitute for that. But I do look forward to see how Microsoft continues to work to bring back some digital form of it this year. Maybe they'll do a a replacement night for trivia. They'll just do it all over again. Maybe they'll continue sending out prizes. Uh, Who knows what it is, but keep your eyes peeled, uh, I suppose. And if you miss this event, you didn't miss much, but I'm sure you can still get in on it. Uh, something to look forward to if you're interested, and if not, well, you've got Next Gen to look forward to, and that's kind of cool. And Next Gen is bringing so many things to gamers, uh, with the exception of Next Gen exclusive titles. There's been a lot of talk about what's not there at launch for Xbox, and that is exclusive to Next Gen games. There just aren't a lot of them, and that 
is kind of by design. I've seen a lot of people weighing this and, and arguing, you know, is this a good launch lineup? Is it not? Is there a reason to upgrade to next gen? And I completely understand those arguments. I, in fact, I, I recognize and support the idea that there is no one game right now that you must have an Xbox Series S or X to play. That said, the incredible amount of improvements that next-gen hardware offers to the games we're playing now, which in many ways to me feel like they are almost next-gen as it is or that they were intended for next-gen as they currently stand. I mean, I'm thinking about games that have just egregiously long load times or that uh, really just don't function super well even on Xbox One Xs. Games like that, are going to come to full fruition in next gen when Series S and X launch. And that is what I am looking forward to most. The experiences I have now feel neutered in a way. You know, I want to play Avengers. I like the gameplay of Avengers for all the broken aspects of that game. But to play that game with fast loading and really see what it might offer, that look I look forward to that. I've been playing Sea of Thieves a lot lately. I've talked about that many a time. And when I've been playing with, you know, friends that are playing on PC, whether it's Super Pack or Captain Logan or whatnot, it's a really frustrating experience, if I'm being honest, because these guys have, they're playing on PC with SSDs, and I'm on my Xbox, so every time I die, I'm loading and loading and loading and loading, and that really hurts the experience, it hurts the gameplay, particularly in PvP modes where you're with your team, and they're loading in, and you're dead, and you're just waiting, and it's it's a frustrating aspect. So I'm looking forward to a lot of the benefits that Next Gen will bring the games I'm playing right now. And I found, and I believe I referenced this before, that I no longer think of Series S games or Series X games or Xbox One or Xbox One S or One X games. I just think Xbox at this point. When I buy a game on the the storefront, I just think I'm going to have this and and I play it on forward compatibility. I don't even think about it being Next Gen or not. I just think Xbox, which is, I think, a really brilliant and awesome luxury. That said, many of our favorite games are going to be getting uh, different levels of improvements. Uh, Developers are working to bring patches for Series S and X coming out. And one of them that I think is getting a lot of uh, deserved spotlight is Gears 5. I think Gears 5 is one of the best Gears games ever made. And when you look at that, sometimes you might go to the most hardcore fans, and it, it reminds me of the Destiny and Sea of Thieves communities and the, and the, the, the community members that play the game so much. They're like, mm, the game's broken, and they've got like a thousand hours in the game. Uh, Gears 5, to me, is one of the best uh, mechanical versions of Gears, uh, the best graphical versions of Gears, and they're doing even more for it. On November 10th for SNX, Gears 5 is getting a host of new up- upgrades. It's getting a new game plus mode, more customizable experiences, within that two new difficulty modes new character skins including getting to play as batista uh, in the campaign uh, as marcus phoenix which is kind of cool different mutators more achievements and whatnot and as cool as that is you're getting the visual improvements and stuff and like we've seen evidence of it and it's pretty darn impressive Uh, and that game already looks incredible the coolest part about what gears 5 is getting is in the future perhaps not on day one but it's getting three to four hours of campaign style dlc story dlc is the right way to call it featuring the cast and characters from the hive busters or escape mode which i'm so in on i to me as i get older competitive is less important for me Uh, i'd rather play against ai and win or playing co-op modes uh you know horde mode style stuff or going through campaigns to get more of this kind of content is awesome awesome and i really think that seeing gears 5 and 120 frames per second might allow the community that perhaps lapsed over the last year 
or maybe hasn't tried Gears, but now that they've got the visual upgrades, they might find they absolutely love and adore it. Gears is not for everybody, nor is Halo, nor is Call of Duty, nor is any other of the popular or high-profile shooters. But if you've not played Gears 5, or you've lapsed on it, when you get next-gen, I think it would be worth your time to, at the very least, boot up and see the differences for yourself. I'm from, I, I'm so curious to know how on my my TV, how different it will look from a Series X from a 1X, you know, like what's the big difference going to be? But more content, story-based, I'm in for that. I'm the kid that reads all the novels, the comic books, etc. And there are some really cool characters in the, in the High Buster lore, so that's, that's well worth your time. Uh, bottom line, I love seeing this. Of course, Gears is getting a lot of love, not just for Gears 5, but Gears Tactics is coming out on November 10th for consoles, and uh, while it will be available on Xbox One, I think the right way to look toward look forward to that is is Series S and X, and it's it's good to see that franchise is getting some love, and I imagine after this campaign DLC, we, we take a break from Gears and let the other Xbox studios uh, push their brands, because Gears carried too much of a weight this past generation. I love Gears, a lot of people do, um, but it carried too much weight and in a generation that was weak for exclusives by comparison to the competition so props to props to the campaign uh the campaign to the the people developing the various gears uh, efforts whether it's tactics or five uh, and the expansions they're in i'm so excited for them but i'm also looking forward to finding out how other people receive it going into next gen and moving forward when xCloud became popular and, and really hit mainstream as far as people understanding what it was and what they were looking forward to, which, by the way, they changed the name of xCloud to game streaming, and that's a terrible, terrible move there. xCloud was beginning to get a lot of SEO and notoriety there. But nonetheless, when the technology came to fruition and it started being rolled out to people, many people pipe-dreamed the idea of just plugging in a quick dongle or Chromecast-style thing or just using your smart TV to log in and play Xbox on whatever device was available. Not phone or tablet, but like we're talking TVs uh, and, and monitors. And Phil Spencer hinted at this again going forward. He was in an interview with, I don't know how to properly pronounce this, Strategy, I believe, and The Verge reported on it because it was an industry site behind paywalls for industry people. Spencer said, quote, I think you're going to see lower-priced hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things that somebody might want to just plug into their TV and go play xCloud. You could imagine us having something that we would have included in the Game Pass subscription that gave you the ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buying just the controller. End quote. And that to me was not news because I think it's always been going in this direction. That's been the brilliance and the the validity and variety that xCloud provides. You can play anywhere on any device. That's great. But as Microsoft continues to work to remove barriers and paywalls for hardware, it always seemed inevitable that the faster speeds that become available to people, that a Chromecast-style, Fire Stick-style dongle would just be plugged in and that was going to be uh, your, your pathway into Xbox. I'm sure that's in development. I'm sure it's being tested. I have no qualms about that. I think a lot of people that would listen to this show are going to be primarily working via you know Series S and X going forward. But if you're traveling a lot, would you want to have that dongle with you and just go off hotel Wi-Fi or uh, your friend's Wi-Fi? Maybe you just want to use the TV instead of your phone or tablet. Great. Love that. What I enjoy about this story is that it, it shows 
what we all expected it to be, high-level executives are looking at more ways to get people into the world of Xbox for a cost-effective method or price. And as Game Pass Ultimate continues to get more and more, uh, the, the value proposition goes up, it gets more and more enticing, you know, as they've added EA Play, and it looks like there are going to be a few Ubisoft services with Connect kind of being linked in on that very, very slyly and quietly, bringing more services to Game Pass Ultimate beyond just the host of games that are available, that makes it all the more exciting for fans to see. And so I, I like that we're seeing high-level people talk about this. I look forward to that. I know I've heard, I believe it was Matt Booty or perhaps it was Kareem say various things similar to this. I'm stoked at the idea. A lot of people were asking me about it on the old Twitterverse. And yeah, it makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't you do it? As the Xbox One UI was updated this past week in preparation for next gen, the past two, three weeks, I suppose, the Xbox apps are similarly getting those updates, rolling out to iOS and Android. My Android device updated. I've got the new Xbox app on my phone, and there's a lot I like about it and a lot I dislike about it. Um, It was trimmed down in some ways to offer parity to its iOS cousin, and it removed some functionalities that I really really enjoyed, which particularly the redeem code aspect of going to the store. The store seems a lot less accessible on the current app. And there were also some features added to the app to make things um, work better over on the iOS side of things. And I don't like that specifically because if they're working with iOS, they should have something separate completely to allow them to get into that ecosystem better. Of course, Apple is notorious for, for putting stop gaps in there for Game Pass and, and Game Pass streaming, xCloud, etc. And I know they're working on a browser workaround for that. But Android's been playing ball for quite a while, and I would have really liked to see a lot of those features stick around, uh, or at the very least not move around as much as they are. That said, I, I think uh, one of the features that, that are really getting a lot of praise is the local streaming to your from your console meaning that you can play xbox one games on your ios device on your your phone just by local streaming you know remote play as it were that's what you would call it on playstation that's what i've always just called it remote play i suppose back in the vita days and i i just call it xcloud now even though it's not fully xcloud it is a separate service i, I dig that you can do that and i'm curious for anybody right now and if you're willing to, to tweet me at insipid ghost or email me insipid at gmail.com let me know if you use remote play right now from your xbox versus using xcloud because to me if i had the xcloud set up of course i plug in my kishi that's what i'm going to use uh, maybe that's that's on me. Maybe I should be doing remote play, and maybe it's a matter of availability of the games. Oh, that's probably it. If the game's not in Game Pass, maybe you're not not rocking with it. Is anybody using this remote play? I'm very very curious to know what you think of it and how you like it. Specifically, I'm curious to my iOS users or, or, or people who are using iOS. How are you liking that update? Is it in your wheelhouse? Are you are you fans of it? Is it better than it was? That I I. Couldn't speak to myself, but I will say that I really like the approachability of this new app. I don't like some of the functionalities that have been moved around and and adjusted there, and I hope they clean up that store experience over the coming weeks. Speaking of overhauls, Ubisoft has been working to make a lot of changes heading into next gen, and a lot of those changes are taking place just prior to it. On October 29th with Watch Dogs Legion, you will see big changes to Uplay and Ubisoft Club, and it will be coming under a common umbrella called Ubisoft Connect. 
Now, there's a lot of PR speak that, that talks about how great it is and the benefits you'll get, but the real benefit that I see with Ubisoft Connect, which is different than Ubisoft Forward, which is different than EA Play Connect, this thing, that, the other, I don't know, all the names for the next-gen services are becoming exhausting to work around and, and work with. But Ubisoft Connect's biggest benefit going forward is cross-progression for all of their games across all platforms. Meaning, if you're rocking Watch Dogs Legion on Xbox, and then you switch over to PlayStation, or maybe you start on PlayStation 4 and you end up moving to Xbox Series X later on, or Series S later on, your save, your progress, your character will move with you through Ubisoft's system as opposed to being hardware or platform locked. That is is awesome and it paves the way for more crossplay elements it paves the way for more people to get into different ecosystems without fear of losing their progress i love this idea when i was on the beginning of this generation at playstation 4 i would have loved to carry my progress for assassin's creed black flag into my xbox one save when i switched over at xbox one s i would have loved to do that i i'm excited to see this start to happen i, I believe activision and ea and the major players will follow suit that's dope. That's dope. Now, if you're a user of Uplay, and I know that at least four or five people in the world probably are, Ubisoft is doing a lot of things to reward you for your time in there. They've unlocked a lot of different uh, of their Uplay rewards. I don't know. It was always a mess of a system prior to whatever it may be. I'm excited for cross-progression because it means my friends can play where they want to play, not lose progress if they come over to a different ecosystem, my ecosystem, or otherwise. Uh, I, I dig this, and I hope that more of the major players follow suit. But for goodness sakes, everyone everywhere, if you are in PR and you are making these services, let's try to find a way to slim these names down. They're all running together. I can't keep up with it. It's too much for me. This is Paul Bettner, creator of New Super Lucky's Tale, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Throughout this entire month, I've been getting questions just like the one that Famous Seamus wrote in. Do you have any game recommendations to play for the Halloween season? And goodness gracious, we've been talking about horror games, I think, every, every week thus far. But I got a review code for a game that I've been very excited for that has the Halloween spirit. Uh, and I liked it so much that I gifted it to an XEP listener. So, Suddy, if you're out there, I hope you are enjoying your copy of Pumpkin Jack. If you are unfamiliar with what Pumpkin Jack is, it is a game uh, made in the medieval style. If you've ever played medieval over on the old PS2 and the, the remaster, of course, for PS4, you're, it's a 3D combat action platformer, I think is the right way to put that. Uh, but it's a very simple, fun game in which you play as Jack, who is uh, has a jack-o'-lantern for a head, go figure, and you're just playing through level after level and battling enemies in a very Halloween-esque uh, atmosphere. It's got a story where you are, you made a deal with the devil and you're trying to escape and work through the boredom kingdom. You battle different mythological creatures and it's all Halloween all the time, almost throughout the entire game. And the truth is I had a lot of fun with this little indie title. It's made by one person. Game looks pretty good. I believe it's on Steam, Switch, and Xbox One right now. It is, it's a good time. I really liked it. It's very, very simple. And when I say that, I mean that it gave me a break from all the, 
the weight that comes with a lot of modern games like economies and dealing with with so many different types of uh, weapon types and outfits and perks and adjustments. And no, this game's got a couple weapons that you unlock as you go, some very simple outfits that you can unlock that make you a scarecrow or a cowboy or uh, a buzzard or a skeleton, but it's all Halloween-themed. And you just go through the levels, bashing and beating up enemies, shooting enemies, solving these little mini-game puzzles. Sometimes you take your head off your body and you solve puzzles there. Uh, you got little cart-type games. It's not a perfect game, but it's fun. It's fun. It's 30 bucks right now, and I would say if you love Halloween, must-buy. If you love Halloween, it is a must-play game this week. You're going to have a blast with it. And you'll probably have a blast with it every Halloween. It's kind of like those those recurring thematic games uh, that you would see over the years, like Costume Quest or the like. But I really, really like this game. It just it reminded me of a simpler time in gaming. Uh, that said, if you're on the fence and you watch gameplay of it and you're like, ah, I don't know, wait for a sale. Wait for a sale in a heartbeat. I really liked it. But I could totally see where it falls short. I mean, you, you do have some geometry hitches here and there. There's some, some musical glitches that happen on occasion. It's not a perfect game by any means, but for 30 bucks, knowing it was made by one guy and knowing that I got a review code, I had to gift it to, to, to somebody that was re, re, that's always supported XEP and that was excited for it. I really like Pumpkin Jack. If you've got a, a Switch, if you're using Steam or you've got an Xbox, I would say check it out if Halloween's your jam and you want a fun Halloween game. It's not a horror game. It's a Halloween game. So take that how you will. It's got some, some silly humor in there, uh, and I had a blast with it. Now, Famous Seamus, you asked about other games to play in the Halloween season, and I'm not great with this. I've had The Evil Within ready to go. I swear I've talked about it on every episode. I'm going to play The Evil Within. Haven't done it. Haven't done it. I still go back to other Halloween-esque games, and then I, I check out themed events in games that I'm excited for, and I know Todd Oxtra wrote in asking, what is your favorite spooky event or level in a game? Uh, I'm not an Overwatch player, but he lo I love their Halloween event, and Destiny event is also really fun. Todd and Famous Seamus and all the people that have been asking about this. I really liked the pumpkin mode in Gears of War 5. I really dig that. Uh, of course, I've been playing Pumpkin Jack. As far as spooky events, I'm excited for the Fate of the Damned uh, release in Sea of Thieves. I know that everybody loves Destiny, and even my buddies Bad Bit and Kevin Butler are, are telling me that I need to go play Destiny, but I don't want another live service game. But, man, I love Halloween. And so I'm even, I've even downloaded the, downloaded the Warzone Battle Royale version uh, that has the zombies in it for Halloween. I'm, I'm stoked to kind of try that one. I like Halloween a lot, but I don't really like horror a lot. Uh, if you're looking for horror, I would still say Resident Evil 7 is one of the best horror games ever made, bar none. Definitely play that game if you've not already. I'm sure it's, it's not super expensive right now. Um, I, I loved I loved that game. Resident Evil 4 remains one of the best horror games ever made as well though it has aged a bit. A lot of people are still really high on Resident Evil's 2 and 3 remake, and those are good. They're good, but they didn't really scare me, I guess you could say. I know some people really did, uh, and some people go for the Outlast-style games. A lot of people are enjoying Phasmophobia. I watched people play Phasmophobia. Not really my jam. Too slow for my personal taste, but it does look fun, um, and I think if you had the right group, that's where you do it. But when I think about events, uh, Todd, I'm, I'm just... I'm really excited for this Sea of Thieves event. That's the one I'm looking forward to most. I love the Gears event uh, every year with, with Pumpkin Horde mode. Um, but I, I don't know. What are yours? Let me know yours, guys. 
making the social media rounds this past week was the idea of a Gears of War collection similar to the Master Chief collection. With all the hype around Halo getting 120 FPS and moving into next-gen series, S and X are offering incredible improvements to the Halo experience and Master Chief collection. And really, that collection gets better and better as they go. The amount of love they've shown that 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 group of games is just incredible, and you have to praise Microsoft there. But a lot of people have been posing the idea of the Phoenix Collection, a Marcus Phoenix Collection of Gears of War games, and Neon Velocity wrote in asking me my thoughts on it. And I will say this, uh, Neon Velocity, and to anyone else that's interested, I'm all for it, provided there is a separate studio uh, that is, is signed on to do that kind of thing. I don't want the newer studios that are working on other games to be taken off projects to clean up older games, I guess you would say is the right way to put that. I love the Master Chief Collection. I love the Gears games. All of them are enhanced for X and are going to be getting the improvements of next gen. But a true improvement where they go in and clean everything up, I'm down with that. One thing that's always worried me, though, with the Master Chief Collection that I'm consistently proven wrong on is dividing the player base from the current games. And to my knowledge, Halo 5's multiplayer has not suffered with the improvements that the Halo Master Chief Collection has gotten. And so I wouldn't want that to happen to Gears 5. I'm sorry, I would not want uh, Gears 5 to suffer because of, you know, remade multiplayers. I think campaign improvements or bringing back the campaigns, upping them into 4K, 120 FPS for the Gears games would be absolutely dope. I want to see that. I really do love the idea of the Phoenix collection and it getting the same level of service and love that Halo has gotten. And as long as no studio is having projects put on hold to go back and do that, I'm all for that. I look around my room, I see a ton of Halo statues, I see a lot of Gears love and memorabilia. I love Gears, and I want that Phoenix collection, I want that there for the fans to allow that that franchise to persist and enjoy uh, and be enjoyed by so many fans as, as technology evolves. You don't want games lost to time. I constantly talk about that. That's why I love Back and Pat so much. I will say that the rush to get that done is not as strong as it is for other things in my mind because we do have the Enhanced for X patches. I was ecstatic when I saw that Halo Reach got added in and adjusted, and man, that game runs so beautifully uh, in the Master Chief Collection. But I wasn't rushing for that because the the 360 version was Enhanced. The, I think uh, as we move into these, these up-res resolution and the better frames per second, etc., I do think at some point it's due for that. And again, as long as nobody's taken off another project... I am down with that. Dave Betterman wrote in a question that I think is a really fascinating one to to toil around with, and it's on the topic of xCloud via a Chromecast-like device, something that we referenced earlier in the show. He wanted to know if we would think Xbox would release that kind of device but also allow other apps on it, like Netflix or Amazon Prime, etc., To me, that's a really fascinating idea because in the digital streaming space, the Azure cloud servers and Xbox's is primary competition comes from Google Stadia and Amazon Luna. Now, Stadia and Luna as game services are pretty darn weak at the moment. However, they are backed up by infrastructure that is among the best in the world, and they rival Azure uh, tooth and nail to, to, the, to, the, to the very nth degree. 
Would we see apps from those competitors or be supported by them? I don't know. That's a really fascinating idea. Would we see something akin to how like Apple licenses out and uses a lot of Samsung technology in their devices, but they're also competitors on the market? Of course, PlayStation is using Xbox technology uh, via or Microsoft technology via its Azure servers. Would we see these high-level deals take place? I would think, based on everything we've seen right now with Microsoft's willingness to play ball in other ecosystems, they would open the door for anything. You can play xCloud, and then they'll open the door for just about anything to be on that, that technology that they provide. I, I, do, I do have a lot of thoughts on that, but I don't know that any of them are clear enough to put into coherent words. Uh, it's a cool concept, right? I would hope that any device in the modern day, any smart device, has access to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, etc., because that's just the way of the world now. That said, the Switch is doing quite well and in the dark times of technology, so who knows there, but that's a that's a good thought. That's a really good thought, Dave. Good question, and one that I think we, we need to wait and see on, but I would think Microsoft would play ball there. A few lingering thoughts as we close out this week's episode. The first is that for the past two weeks or so, I have been reviewing a headset provided by SteelSeries, the Arctis 7X. And prior to this, I've been using rigs. I've been using the Arctis 9X, also provided by SteelSeries in that case. Uh, and I can tell you very comfortably that this headset is designed for next-gen, but that it's working incredibly well on my Xbox One X right now. Uh, to date, I have never worn a more comfortable headset than the Arctis 7X. Uh, it feels almost identical to the 9X, which is a more expensive headset, uh, but the 7 was designed for next-gen, and that's why this new kind of update was rolling out to it. Early impressions of this after two weeks of use and looking ahead, knowing that it's going to be uh, even better on the Series X, I can tell you comfortably this is the best headset I've ever owned. The Arctis 7X is comfortable, it's lightweight, the sound is impeccable right now. Occasionally with the 9X, we would get audio dropout by way of the Xbox wireless technology, which is a proprietary thing that caused interference on occasion. The 7X is cheaper than the 9X was and comes with a dongle system. And some people like that, some don't because it uses a USB port. I think it makes a massive amount of improvement. I used the rigs prior to that, which also used a, a wireless dongle that you plugged into your system and had no interruptions there. That was a great headset also. But the 7X uses a dongle. It's attractive looking. It's very, very slim. It's not nearly as big as some of the previous ones with other headsets. I can tell you comfortably right now, if you are in the market for a next-gen headset or a headset that's around 150 bucks, you cannot do better than the Arctis 7X. It is a fantastic piece of hardware. Mind you, I will reserve, I suppose, final impressions for when I'm listening to updated games with patched uh, Series X elements when that hardware comes out. But I can tell you I'm very comfortable with this. Now, again, they did send me a review unit, and I, I got it for free, so you can take that with a grain of salt as you like. But I love this headset. If you end up picking it up, let me know what you think. Tweet SteelSeries. Let them know you heard about it on the show. That kind of stuff. I know I ask for that. Uh, it makes a difference. I mean, I can tell you, you know, I've had several guests on the show that have said, hey, you know, people have, have messaged me and said that they heard, they heard me on your show. That means the world. That helps me, guys, and I really appreciate that. You can always leave a review on iTunes. That also helps me. Uh, I'm two away from 50, and so I'm trying to get that number up. Things like that really help the show, and the show's a solo one, and doesn't have a guest every single time. So when you download me onto your Spotify lists, when you download me into your 
your iTunes playlist as well and drop those reviews and shares and whatnot. It means the absolute world. And I thank you so much for that. If you are sticking around right now, I'm assuming you're going for broke and making it to the end of the episode. And I want to tease something that by the time you are hearing this will have already happened, but that I cannot contain my excitement for. I'm sweating right now just thinking about it. I'm recording this episode early so that I'm not uh, like so over the moon that I can't function. Later today, and again, already happened by the time you're hearing the episode, but later today, I get to be on a Zoom call with other people. And one of the most influential people in gaming, uh, particularly in the realm of video game awards, I will get to be on a Zoom call with that individual and a few others to hear and be part of the process that maybe if you're, uh, I don't know how it's going to go down, but stay tuned to my Twitter feed. If I'm allowed to talk about it, I will. But uh, if you are in the world of video games and you, you enjoy awards for video games. I get to be a part of a small call today just to help celebrate games, and I don't know if I'll get to talk, be on camera, I don't know if I'll be in the background or just listening. Whatever it is, I'm so stoked to just kind of be in there and be in, be listening in and be part of it on some level. Uh, that's happening later today. By the time you're hearing this, it's already happened. How cool is that? That's cool, right? I can't wait to talk about it somehow, some way. Keep an eye on my Twitter feed, at InsipidGhost, and I will let you know just how that went when I'm able to. Uh, Let's see, the last thing, you all have homework for me. Mm. I was thinking the other day about games that are unlikely to happen in next gen, but that I totally want. That I totally want, but that are unlikely. And I'm talking about things like Crackdown 4. Like, I want Crackdown 4. I don't know if a lot of people do, but I want that. It's not likely to happen. I want Halo Wars 3. I want Anthem 2.0 to be good. I want it to have more monsters in there. I want a an Arkham Gotham Knights style game, but I want it to be about Batman next to Gotham Knights. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it's going to happen. I want Titanfall 3, which they say they're working on, but yeah, right, whatever. Some of my friends have wrote, written in that they are, or told me that they want uh, NCAA football to come back in next gen. They want a new KOTOR game, KOTOR 3, to happen. What do you want? What is it that you want in next gen? Unlikely things, not stuff that, I want Halo Infinite. No, 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 no. We're talking like stuff that you want that's not likely to happen in next gen. What are you looking forward to? What do you want it to be? Tweet me at InsipidGhost. I'll try and collect all the answers and read them on the show uh, next week if we have time. That's one of the ones I want you to just bounce around in your mind there. All right, that's going to be it for me. Uh, Go vote early if you are able, and that's a relevant thing in your country. Go vote early. It's important. Keep in mind that Black Lives Matter, and we constantly need to support any and all people helping make the world of gaming more equal and better for everyone. Take care, guys. Catch you next week.